That, I really you, do. Well, that brings up a guy that uh, is going to be talking pretty soon here in a, in a I guess, an hour and a half. Deshaun Watson getting into it, talking about what he wants to do this year. That's going to be a good one, and I'm ready to watch this. What do you want to hear? Well, what, what do you by the way, Quincy Avery yeah. is his quarterback coach. Yeah. Well, I'll See, I like this, first of all, because he's, he's peeking out. Yeah, you, you got to start being out here in the public. You got to start doing interviews. You got to start. And this is obviously friendly fire. It's a friendly fire, right? But at the end of the day, I there's three or four things I can look for. I want to see if you got that moxie back. I want to see if you're confident. I want to see if he's worked on some of these things. When we talk about speaking in front of people, uh, about how to answer certain questions, about how to be, you know, pinpoint in, in your messaging. I want to see, first of all, if he's worked on those things. Also, I want to know from from a quarterback perspective, him saying, hey, guys, this is what happened last year. This is why I didn't look so good last year. Let me talk. Like, the, you know, what did you find out when you came back and you, you were rusty? What was that like? What was the mental aspect of that? Um, what was your mechanics off? What are some things that you look back on film that you saw that was like, wow, ooh, I can't do that next year. I want to hear that. And then I also want to hear what he feels the evolution of what the Browns offense is going to look like. I want to, he ain't got to tell us what Rob's going to run, but I want to see what he feels the evolution of, of this offense is when he is right, when he has, uh, you know, put that work in and he's back to where he wants to go. I think there's a lot of things that I can see. I want to see body language. I want to see how his, his demeanor is. I want to see if he got commanded the interview. I want to see all that stuff. Confidence. Confidence. Jay, what are, you, what are you looking for? I don't care. You don't it's, care? It's, is it going to make zero difference to you? Yeah. Zero, I don't put a lot of stock in a lot of these, especially when it's sort of home field advantage when it's your quarterback coach. Right. He's not going to go anywhere near the allegations. He still has the, the pending civil cases. Yep. It's not even going to come up. Just um, the football side of it, though. You have no curiosity I don't really at care. all? I don't really, really care what he says in March. I don't huh. care. I, I, here's what I want to know. But I don't know that we'll get this answer here. This is what this to me is what's important. Is the shot <clears throat> is Deshaun Watson in Berea? I, I don't want him working with Quincy Avery. You want to go to Quincy Avery for a week? Fine. Yeah. You need to be with Kevin Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt and whatever guy they hire as their quarterback coach. I and thought he was going to say Alex Shiner. <laughs> yeah, he's busy with other things. Don't go near him. Yeah, yeah, definitely no. And he needs to be working his ass off. In Berea, nonstop, because Patrick Mahomes is doing that. Yep. Joe Burrow's doing that. Josh Allen's doing that. And right now, he ain't close to those guys. He was a few years ago. Yeah. If he wants to get back to being like those guys, he better be working his ass off harder than anybody else. Jason, do you get a sense that he's here? No, go look at his Instagram. He's traveling all over the world. But I do think he's going to be here. That's the impression I was left with, is he's going to spend quite a bit of time. Yeah, I don't, I don't look at his weeks. Instagram. Tell me what I'm missing. What's that? I don't look at his Instagram. Tell me what I'm missing. Just pictures of him literally all over the world, traveling and, and vacationing. And part of me is okay with that because they're just coming off the season. It's only February. Do the that without posting ready. the pictures. I think well, it's bad messaging. It's Jay. a little tone deaf. It is. Yeah. But right now, Kevin and Andrew, they're all wrapped up with free agency. Kevin's trying to rebuild his coaching staff. You've got the draft coming up. When that's over, when we get past that, let's go. He needs to be here and, all the and, time. And you know, I said it before. I think Kevin is wide open to building this offense. Kevin wants to build this around Deshaun. The plan is for them to get together, and 
and Kevin was going to show him these plays. Do you like these plays? Great. No, you don't like these? All right, then I don't oh, like them either. Are you okay Here's he's more plays. on an Instagram world tour? Po post away. You know why? Because it, when you do something, at what, when, when you get to the bottom line and you try to rehabilitate yourself and you start to focus and lock in what you want to do, you got to be okay with, with people not liking you. You know, Stephen A. Smith said, hey, look, man, hey, that's my opinion, right? That's my opinion. I'm not even going to back down on my opinion. That's what I, I believe in. And at the core of an athlete, you got to have a confidence level. Hey, look, people might not like you. So what? Who gives a damn? Jason Lloyd or, or G. Bush or Adam the Bull don't dictate what you do on that field. If you come out and throw 45 touchdown pass and tell us all kick rocks, guess what? That's what it's going to be. And then we'll clap it up and pray, praise you and, and say you're, you're the savior to come save Cleveland. But at some point in time, you got to stop being apologetic about what, the way people you want to live your life, right? Everybody get an opportunity to live your life. Some people, if you stayed in the house, some people not going to like it. If you went out on a boat, some people aren't going to like it. If you do a, a press conference, some people going to say, who cares? Just show me the touchdowns. Live your life, but you got to understand something. And this is why I actually like pressure because pressure shows you who you're going to be because when, when Deshaun Watson comes out there, he's going to have that same level of pressure as Stefanski. And either we y'all going to melt, y'all going to fall back, or it's going to turn you into what you're going to be. And people hate on Ben Roethlisberger. They call him, you know, all kind of names after his allegations. But guess what he did? He came back and he busted the Browns' ass for weeks and years. He got the second most wins in that stadium. That's right. He said, listen, you don't boo away. You can't boo a touchdown away. Nobody cares if you win. That's true. That's the only reason that I would disagree slightly with what you said, I, I, I don't think it's, he should be too concerned about people loving him or hating him. But it's what we saw. Our last impression of him was a quarterback that has a lot of work to do. Yeah. And I know that when a quarterback shoots four commercials in the offseason, that that's four days. It took him four days to do that, okay? But one of the things that Baker did wrong, I think, was biting off too many of oh, those commercials at no once. No doubt. Why? Because when he started throwing picks, it was too easy for, and we've all either said it or heard someone say it, if you weren't off shooting all those damn progressive commercials and you would have been working on football, well, he did work on football for 95% of his time, maybe. But he gave everybody a reason to throw stones at him when he wasn't performing well. And I think with Deshaun Watson's Instagram world tour, it listen, I'm all for him doing that. You don't have to share your life with everybody. Nobody's looking at Deshaun Watson's feed saying, come on, give me that picture of Cabo. Let's go. I Some need people it. love that stuff. I, okay, ultimately, but you're I, giving your detractors you're giving ammunition. ammunition. I agree. I, I'm with G. I don't care that he's doing that. But I need to know that when he's when his little vacation is over and everybody needs a little time off, he has got – Baker Mayfield was never the hardest working guy on the team. No, he was not. Never. And, and he up, needed and to be. He should have bet. The but quarterback, I think the quarterback always should be. Always. Agree? Absolutely. He of better course. be the first one in and the last one out every day. Go back and Deshaun to Watson's got more work to do than the average quarterback. He because does. he's got to get back to the player he was. And some of that's that moxie, that cockiness, that attitude, whatever it is. And maybe Dawn on this vacation is going to help him get it. Okay, fine. But when he comes back, he has got to be busting his ass every day in Berea. Every day. Every time we talk about the quarterback and how much work they have to go yep. in, go back and read the Peter King piece with Carson Palmer mm -hmm. about the w amount of work that at the end of his career, when Carson already knew so much and how much film study he had to do and how much preparation that goes into playing that position. 
that was the most. It, it's the first place my mind goes. Tom when we Brady talk about, did the same thing. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, like Peter laid it out. Peter King wrote an article and just laid it out with Carson Palmer. Go find it and read it about all the preparation that goes into playing the quarterback position. The best players you, are not resting on their laurels. They're working no, even harder. And, you know, we, we, we discussed this earlier in the season. When Kyler Murray got his big extension, there was a clause that somebody found in the contract that said he had to put in so many hours of film study mm-hmm. a week. And it was immediately a red flag to everybody because if, if I'm told that those that were already in the building – knew that he wasn't putting in the work. Yeah. Well, then he has no chance. No, and that's right. what I was going to say. So what happened to Kyler Murray this year? Well, his head coach got fired. Yep. And now they're in quarterback purgatory, whether they like it or not, because they're on the hook for that money. And they're going to pay that money. That's even worse. But it is worse. It's worse to be the Cardinals than it was the Browns of Baker. You're right, because you thought you had it figured. At least the Browns avoided the nightmare of Kyler Murray. Yeah. They could have signed Baker. They made Baker allegedly, a, a, a very sound offer that Baker wishes more than anything in the world right now he had on the table in front of him right now. I'm not sure that's accurate. I know there's been dis- I, yeah. I, there, there's been differing By, opinions yeah. on it. By the it. way, if, if Watson it sucks It might not his- have been on paper, but there was an understanding that we can go here. If Watson sucks this year, then the Browns are in the same spot as the they are in the same they as are. Arizona. Right. They are now and and, and Denver, spot, frankly, and, yeah, and, and Denver. <coughs> Which you know, is, so these are teams yeah. that thought they had the quarterback spot figured out. Denver's in the worst spot in the league. They are in the worst Russell spot in the league. Come back. You're right. I, I think I think the Browns. Um, I think Deshaun Watson is going to have a good year. Um, I do too. But they're going to have. They still. I keep saying it. Do not. Please don't do it. Don't go into that this off season. And all you got is rookies, and you added a, a rookie or two, or some, you got to get another receiver. Stop it! You just I need y'all to understand that. So when you come back, Stefanski, I get it. You get an opportunity to to go out and do your thing, Andrew Barry. Hey, have a nice vacation, hang out with the peoples, go to Disneyland. When we come back, you better not listen. You better give me a receiver. But I don't want you no. Know, I don't want no washed up Robert Woods either. That ain't. That ain't I don't. I mean, Woods. Okay. Yeah. That ain't nothing. Ain't I'll nothing take DeAndre no. Hopkins. Yes, I would. Now, you what know about what? Taylor Luan? You, you, yeah, we're going there one second, but before yeah. we do, let me wrap this up. But you said something earlier. Hey, so far, they're winning the offseason. They are. What the, the moves that the Browns could have made to, to date, they've addressed both of them, and I think we all agree both of them are home runs. Yep. Yes. So, we, you know, we're critical of this organization, but they, they, they can't draft anybody yet. They yep. can't sign any free agents yet. They can't make any trades yet. Yep. What they could do is address the deficiencies at coaching. And the two that everybody from week three or four was saying, we got to do better here. They've gone out and changed both of those coaches out and brought in home runs at those positions. Kudos Agreed. to the Browns. Yeah. Now to your point, go get a DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go get a top flight receiver. Address your needs in free agency in the draft. And let's do this thing. Yeah, I feel much better if they got that. Taylor yeah. Lewan, uh, is anybody even remote? Because yesterday, this is the way Browns fans are. We're so thirsty oh, God. that when Every we hear player. when we hear oh. a top name player is being cut, we're like, sign him. No, I'm so thirsty. No, <laughs> give me Taylor Lewan. I don't want him. He does The Browns are spending no money on the offensive line. None. And they shouldn't really. Yeah. They'll bring in. I shouldn't say none. They're going to pick up. They're the going to bring like a swing tackle in for two million dollars, something like that. Maybe that's it. They're not spending. They're already spending a boatload of money. Their starting offensive line is the same. Yeah. It, 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 they, unless they bring Pochich back, then they'd spend some money. Right. If not, they're going to go with Nick Harris at center and hope he can 
transition into it this year. But they're not they're not spending money on a tackle. They just re-signed Conklin, and they're not giving up on Jedrick Wills. Now, this guy's been hurt. He's not going to get commanding money. No. But, because he's played so little over yeah, the last three seasons. There'll be a team like the Bengals who might sign him to start. He, this is going to be another team that needs a tackle more that they'll take a chance on him. The Browns are not signing him. It's, yeah. There's no chance. I, I think I think this is going to sound this is sound like a hot take. I think offensive linemen is about to become running backs. I I, I look at that'd the, be a mistake. Well, be a big mistake. Well, I, I think I think there you is, mean devalued by GM. Yes, there are five or so elite guys at the top and then a bunch of Jags and I'm looking around and you know you can you know when I started seeing these teams putting Rookies in and well, look at Poachich. Poachich was a plug-in. You got po- Poaches and he's he's. Yeah, he's but that great. doesn't happen that way that well, often. The, the, the Jags are making fifteen million on the offensive line. It's crazy. Like, that's why I don't think I disagree you, with that. That they're going to go the way of the running back. Yeah. Because that's why the Browns resigned Jack Conklin. We thought Conklin was ready for retirement home. Yeah. And they just gave him a massive extension. I don't understand. That's what how hard it is to find that position and, and they feel like they're better off with the devil they know yeah. than going out and trying to find the unknown. But that devil's getting older and showing real signs uh, good of decline. Absolutely. I understand. And, what happened with that? that they, just, they, they feel like if he's healthy, he's still good. And that's why James Hudson isn't ready. We saw Hudson get absolutely cooked in Pittsburgh again. Second yeah. year in a row. <laughs> yep. he Early in the year, I thought, wow, okay, I think they got something here with Hudson. Maybe, and by the end of the year, he scrambled eggs. Pittsburgh can make a lot of mediocre scrambled guys eggs. look like they're just off the street. And that's what they've done to him over yeah. and over again. Luan, he, he, he's he's going to start somewhere next year. He, he'd, he'd be a backup here. He's not starting he's ahead gonna of Wills. He's going to go, right. He's going to go Conklin. to a team. If he's healthy, I think he's, he's better starting. than Wills. Well, yeah, but, but not the problem is, that's the gamble. He's been, you know, he's been, he played like two games last people year. People may not hear it. Wasn't it two ACLs too? Yeah, he's so. had two ACL yeah, injuries in the last three not, years. He's look, played in 20 no of the last the 51 Browns. possible games for the Titans. Yeah. He's a, and he's going to make a boatload of dough in the podcast game. Yeah. yeah. So he doesn't even need to play. Luan may have a year or two left in him Maybe. at max. <laughs> Jedrick Wills is going to be here a while. People may not like to hear that, but he's yeah. not going anywhere. So that's your left tackle. They're not going to bring in a guy for a year or two when that's the guy that they're looking at to be right. here for the next you know, five every, ten. You know, all of those guys up front make over $10 million. All of them. Yeah. Well, right off now they don't have the, a It's the going rate for off. It's like quarterbacks. The going rate for a quarterback, good to great, is a lot of money now. Offensive linemen are the same way. You don't find cheap dudes anymore. That's right. You can't. No. Well, listen. If you want to be good there and you're making a commitment, that's why I think Callahan is the underrated MVP of this team. 100%. Because what he's done, I mean, even with Pochich, who, nobody predicted he was going to come in here and have no. that kind of success. He was a busted. We, 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 when, we, when they signed him, we all looked around and said, who? Yeah. And then at the end of the year, the guy's playing at a Pro Bowl caliber. I mean, he got hurt, but yeah. I mean, and credit to him. I talked, I think I mentioned this on the show. I, we, we had a conversation about it toward the end of the year, and he said he came here because of Bill Callahan. He wanted to work with Callahan. Interesting. And he wanted to work with the Brown strength coach. He liked, well, he liked their, their – Throwing the two great guards. Talking about winning the sure. postseason, yeah. Callahan had a chance to leave. Mm-hmm. And they kept him. Yeah. So that's another win yeah. in the column. I, uh, here's what I'll say for, for them keeping Conkling and Jedrick Wills. You know, we talk about it all the time. They're, all, they're going all the way in, right? I've always said I don't have no time to be figuring out whether rookies and guys off the street can play. So I know this you could play to to some degree. I know you could play to some degree. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna make sure you get your bag, and I don't got time to be breaking people in. So that is another show of the Browns are all the way in. 
Yeah, they, on they feel line. like Willis is good enough. Now here, you gotta add, you gotta add to it. I don't have no problem if you're gonna spend the money, but don't get cheap on me when these free agents come around, or if you're thinking about a trade that might not be good in three years. We're not looking for a three-year window here, people. We're looking for one to two. And guess what? You might have to overpay. You may not get any anything from a guy in three years, but you are all in everywhere. We so, might be looking at a six-game window. <laughs> no, that's that. Because if it doesn't get off the runway properly, then a then whole it, lot of folks crash. are looking around saying, "What now?" Hey, you worry about worry about four years from now. I worry about that later, man. All right. Very good. Um, I'm out of stuff on Taylor Lewan. Anybody have anything nah, else? What, what's no. We just needed to address it because it was getting hot on Twitter yesterday, and sometimes uh, people Art, ask. Let me explain to... something to you about Browns fans. Yeah, they're every player that gets cut, Browns fans want to sign him. <laughs> every player, if what? he ever was good, ever he could be good ten years ago. He could play receiver, right? Too. They'd be like, "Yeah, Taylor Lewan. Yeah, man, we ready to go." You'd be like, "No, no, he's not." <laughs> I'm surprised we didn't get no. more. Oh, should we sign Robert Woods tweets? Oh, we did, but I See? thought that one was too absurd to even yeah. acknowledge. Yeah, yeah right. but you know they're gonna. I mean, like I said, the fan base is thirsty, man. Yeah. And anytime we see I a get recognizable it. name yeah. who's in the clear, yep. we immediately First. start thinking about, well, let's bring him in here. Let's do this. Let's when Jason's in, we have to talk baseball. <laughs> yeah. Want to uh, maximize your expertise on the Guardians? Are you an expert on the Guardians? No. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Anyway, this is a lie. He is. Um, Tito, one of the things that jumped out to me right before the guards fest, um, I thought he looked as, and this is silly, but he looked as good yeah. at the guards fest as I've seen him maybe in five years. He looked refreshed. Yep. He looked healthy. He's not dealing with these hips and feet and all this craziness that he, and I think that that is a a precursor to even more success this year because we're going to have all of them. He's not going to be preoccupied with this, that, and the other. I'm going to make a statement, and I'll ask one of you guys to disagree with me. Terry Francona is, by a pretty good margin, the best manager in baseball right now. Am I wrong? I don't think so. No. There's Uh, nobody else coming to mind. No, I don't think you're wrong. Uh, I I, th- I think Terry Terry obviously gets the most out of a roster, right? Like he he's which always, is his job. Which that's which the job, job of the manager. He instills the confidence and a belief in these guys. He empowers these guys to give them to give him their best. Is that what is that his secret sauce? I think so. What you just said because yeah. that's what I've always thought it was. Yeah, I think so because managers in baseball it's so much different. Like. You're not drawing up a play. You're not calling a play like you are in football. You know, you're not setting a defense. You're not calling an offensive play. You're not calling. You're not drawing up an ATO like you are in basketball. It's more of an even hand. It's more of an understanding the grind of a 162 game season. It's being able to manage a veteran team and a young team. He's done both. He's had both, yeah. and it's being able to keep a hand on the ship for six months. And it's just so much different. It's and and sure it's. You know, it's maybe it's calling a pitch out at the right time, or maybe it's uh, putting on a wheel play at the at the absolute perfect time. But there's very little of that, and it's much more macro than in the micro, I think. And knowing when to make a pitching change, all that's obviously important. But it's having belief in guys. It's 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 having belief and leaving a starter out there to get out of a mess that he's in. It's knowing when to go get a reliever, and it's just believing in these guys. And it's yeah. it's the ability 
to maximize what they have and get the most out of them. Is another manager going to get the most out of Oscar Gonzalez and Steven Kwan the way that, that Terry did? I don't think so. I, I just think it's just his nature. It's his yeah. personality that brings the best out of these guys. I mean, you look at that list of all-time wins. Dusty Baker's a great manager. Those are career uh, active guys, by the way. Yeah. Just, just no, I know. Dusty Baker's a great manager. He's yeah. highly underrated. Uh, people were critical of him because he hadn't won a World Series until last year. But, like, Dusty Baker, everywhere he goes, the team wins. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's been on a lot of teams. Bruce Bochy, another great manager. That's why it's so stunning that this was the first time he'd ever won a World Series. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and and so I don't know that I want to say that Terry Francona is like head and shoulders better than those guys. I think I didn't a, say head and shoulders, but I, I I don't think it's like one and one a. I, I think I, I, I mean I think it's really close. I'll tell you another guy who I think is a great manager. I I would take Francona one. I think both those guys are great managers. The guy who's not in that list actually worked for Tito is a great manager. Yeah. That's Kevin Kane. I, 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 I he, he's not on that list yeah. only because he's hasn't been around long right. enough. He's done a magnificent job. He's in, in the Tampa top Bay. five, maybe top three for me. Kevin is the new era analytics driven manager. Yeah. Terry, I think is a blend of both. Terry Which, is why I school. like Terry so much. Terry is very much an old school baseball guy. He gets yep. to the stadium at noon and walks around in his boxers yeah. and reads the paper and drinks his drinks coffee his, and, yeah. and wanders around in sandals. Like he didn't know what to do. He is as old school as they come. But I think he's open to some of the new metrics yeah. and the new way. Well, of he's thinking. embraced it. Otherwise, he would have been gone. Yeah. He's adjusted. He has a great relationship with Chernoff and Antonetti, who are obviously all in on ampl- analytics. Yes. yes. Uh, he has adjusted. I mean, he, there's been flaws in his game. Some he's improved on. He at times has not done a great job with the bullpen. I think he would. He made mistakes in the World Series. So did Joe Madden, another great manager. Both made some key mistakes in the Out World Series. Out of desperation, they made mistakes. Yeah. I mean. So, so let me ask you yeah. this question. I sat here and watched y'all, you know, wax poetic about Tito and give him his flowers just, yeah. to, just deserved, right? But how big of it is? How big of a travesty is it if you got the best manager and you ain't give him no ingredients? Like you got the best manager, but he got he dealing with young players every year. What could well, he? Not what every could, year, but the last could, couple of years. What yes. could he? Do, what could what could Tito do if if he had? The Dusty Baker roster. Well, he got you to Game Seven of the World Series and yeah. came within a range. Well, their roster, their payroll was higher then. Well, that's why I'm saying yeah, I'm just, it still wasn't right. in the top half. If you just gave him, no. if you gave him a top fifteen payroll, I, what they were probably around the middle of the pack they at had, that point. They had everything they needed that year. They did. They and actually the, had a higher payroll year. the pitching, next year or two after. Healthy pitching is manager can't do anything about that. Right. Although sometimes pitchers lose health because they're overridden. But a guy getting hurt in September or October, nothing the organization, you can't do anything about it yeah, at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. It's just dumb luck. 2016, um, I think 2017, they had everything they needed. I think to an extent, Tito's a victim of his own success here because he's done so well with so little that if you're spending the money and you're writing the checks, you're saying, hey, this guy is the difference maker. He's the cheat code. Yeah. We now, don't have to be in the top half well, of the Well, you said payroll. Guys, right they, now, they are, 24th? They are, they're, they're 26th right now. Well, they're payroll. 24th in 2016. No, going into this oh, year. Oh, 2016, I, I believe, they were 24th? Yeah, they yeah. were way down the line. Where were they in 2017 and 18? Because they, they had added, higher payrolls. Yeah, they were they added more Ed towards Wayne. the middle, but I still think in the lower yeah. half. Yeah, che- I think you're right. Check out 17 or 18. I'm surprised. I, I thought were, they were higher than 24th and 16th. No. But. Let's not say done something with nothing. They had good teams. Those were really good. You know, what teams. I'm saying is, the something in this equation is money. Uh, I, the yeah, Dodgers, right. the Mets, the Yankees—they just buy their way into contention. That's it. That's if you've got the money. They were 18th in 2017, so right, still right in the lower there. half. But still, they were yeah, lower half. Yeah. 
So the reason I bring it up is yeah. I think that if Tito's the cheat code, and it, go figure this out, over the last 10 years, no organization yeah. has more wins. Their cost per win is the lowest in baseball. I would say Tampa's probably first. Nope. The, I, I, I did this because sure. you always say that the Rays are the same way. They are, but the Rays have always, not always, just about always outspent the Guardians, where the I, Guardians on wins have more wins than the Rays over the last decade. I don't think. And I, they've had more I, payroll. I where right, are the Jay. Rays right now in payroll? Right now? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure. I, I would bet you 16, 17, 18, 19. The so, Guardians had a way higher payroll. Here's something than the that's Rays. fascinating. Yesterday, the odds came out from one casino. I'm sure they're 27th, they, by they, the way. Okay, and, and the Guardians are 25th. Right. So right where there. were where were the Rays in payroll from 16th through 18? I bet they were way behind the, the Indians then. The Indians were 24th. I mean, the, it, no, but they were they were 18th and 15th and 17 and 18. Yeah. Whereas the Guardians, the Rays never get above 25 ever. No, they have been. They have been they over have? 25. Yeah. They've never. They gave uh, Snell that monster deal. Yeah, they did give some big deals. Uh, out. I traded them. Right. Well, but, but they, they gave him the deal. I mean, that went on. In 2016, well, they were 29th. Yeah. Where were they in 17? 17. I bet you the last decade the Rays have spent less on payroll than the Guardians. 28th and 17. Yeah. Do it. Um, cost per win. That's the apples to apples comparison. Okay. Cost cost per win. Yeah. Because you can spend a little bit of money and not win. The Rays and Guardians and Indians, they haven't done that. They've spent a little bit of money, but they've won. Right. Fascinating yesterday, the odds came out for the uh, season to win the uh, to win the division, the FC, uh, the, the uh, American League Central. And when you look at the odds, the Guardians have the best odds by a little bit over the White over Sox. The White Sox. The White Sox are spending two dollars for every one that the right. Guardians are spending. The Royals are four thousand to one. Their payroll is more than the Guardians. Yeah. Since John Sherman got there, they're spending money. They're spending money, not but they're all not of winning. Wise. Not all of it's wise. No, they gave Carlos Santana That's why I think it's the but perfect But their payroll's blend. not that high either, is it? Higher than the Guardians. No, but it's still not high. Right, but I mean, it's... No, but one other thing you didn't factor into the Rays-Guardians debate is the Rays play in a much tougher division. Much tougher. Yeah. So that, so the fact that they, so even if they're close in wins, I would give that as an edge to the Rays because they yeah. now the schedule changes, but you're still playing more. Moving teams. forward, it's it, it's going to be equal. It's still not equal because no, you're still it's, playing it's more. It's not as 19 not at, games per, right. in your division. But they've had to play the Yankees, Yankees the Blue Jays yeah. until the last year or two, the Red Sox. So that's it. But and the Orioles, the Rays and the Guardians the do it better. They do. than anybody else. Their model, and I think, I think that Tito is kind of a victim of his own success in that the front office can make an excuse not to overspend or not to spend all this money because Tito's always going to be the safety net. If he's going to if he's going to win 90 games on a team that's 25th in payroll and be one game from making it to the ALCS as right, long as that's, that's not on the front office that's it. the owner, right? The, the, the owner, 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 the owner doesn't the owner does not spend enough money. The payroll is not. is too low. It's ridiculous how low the payroll is. I agree. The Guardians are able to win in spite of that. Yep. It's not just Tito. The front, the Guardians have arguably the best front office in baseball. I think they with, do have along with do you, Tampa do you agree Bay. With that, Jay? Tampa and Cleveland. I think they're yeah. one and two. Yeah, I, I actually really do. Think, I, think. I actually think, despite their payroll, the Dodgers belong in that conversation too, because they have. See, I don't. They have they, too many cheat codes. They, I, they yeah, lose I points. do too. They you could can, be the smartest guys in the when room. When you can write thirty million dollar annual checks to five different players. Now, that does, to Bull's point, the Dodgers they farm have system consistently had a great farm system. Their farm system is farm system is great. They've upgraded their farm system, but what I'm saying is the amount of money they've spent and the hardware that they have to show for it is incriminating. 
but they can also draft and identify talent and, and, and develop the talent. You can't just disregard them totally because yeah, they have a large payroll. You know, but they have a good front office. You want to argue that the Guardians have the Guardians front office has done more with less money. Sure, I'm going to give them the edge. Yeah. But the Dodgers front office is excellent. They do a great job. How many World Series is this current incarnate? Okay. Yeah. They've, they've had the leading payroll just about every year. That's Amen. an indictment to me. I'm I, sorry, I, it is. I, I, I don't agree me, with that. For me, I, I just give me the ring. I don't care how you got it. I don't yeah, care they still you, got you. one. The Guardians don't have any. Yeah, that's no, all I want. Well, okay, you're right. But, but for all of the money, you the know Guardians as well as anybody spent. that once you get to the playoffs, it's a it's crapshoot. A, right, it is a crapshoot. It's a crapshoot. No it's, matter what kind of team you put together, there's no guarantee. I think in all the sports, yeah, the one that the best team is least likely to win the championship yeah. is baseball, and it's really hockey sometimes because you can ride a hot goalie. But from how for many the most times part, in the last decade has the best team won? Right. I mean, I think the Astros were the best team last year, but it might have been the Dodgers. Yeah. The Cubs were the best team in 16. The, the, I mean, a lot of these the, other the, years. The, the, the Nationals won. The Na- <laughs> they had well, a losing. The Braves the won. Braves were su- yeah, the, the Braves, Braves were sub 500. In yeah. August. Yeah. You know what's fascinating to me when we talk about this and payroll and the Dolans and everything? How much different is the image of the Dolans if the Indians win it in 2016. Oh my God. Much. And what or yeah, and, and they they supplied that team with everything they needed. They made the trade at the they made the move they at the did. deadline gave him Andrew Miller. It was the weapon that they needed. Yeah, and and like they did everything they could. And if it doesn't rain, I mean, I think they win it if it doesn't rain. I if agree. they don't have the rain Ooh, delay, no, that's irrelevant. It, well, it's not no, irrelevant. It's not irrelevant, but it's it, it's impossible to prove. Yeah, but they were right there on the precipice and how much different does people do people in this town oh, view or, them when they didn't do anything different well, you know or, I mean? or in 17 where they actually had a better team well listen what the people want that is, was the bauer you right, did it in 16 17? you were close you paid more 17 okay you didn't go where you wanted to go yeah people don't give a you know what about none of that they don't right. care how fiscally responsible you are People in this country. Yeah, look at the Cavs and what they had to spend to get that ring. We, we don't, don't care. We don't care about your bank account. It's not our if, money. And if your wife can f- buy furs forever. We care if you buy in players or not. If yeah. you're not, if you do well and you don't have players, good for you. Who's if the you win. best ownership in Cleveland? Dolan's. And I don't, I, I mean, now Dolan's. you could say, well, the Cavs have one. But obviously, it was LeBron driven. But he spent the money. He spent the money. He spent the money. So I he was does told, get kudos for that. But I, I, if I'm picking a ownership group, it's the Dolans. And unfortunately, yeah. I think they're the one. They get more criticism than the Haslam's do. Totally agree. Totally How agree. in the hell is that? I, I'm separate. I don't think they get more criticism than the Haslam's. I do. On social? It's close. They get more criticism than Gilbert. And I think G would argue that he would take Gilbert because he won. I'm taking Gilbert. Well, yeah, yeah, Gilbert won. He gets credit for that. <laughs> he but I just that think bag. Dolan has put together an organization that is sustainable yes. over time. Mike Chernoff had a chance to go be the GM of his hometown childhood yeah, team right. with unlimited payroll, and he said, I'm good where I'm at. Which is amazing. How often does that happen? I know. That I know. is a more of a credit. And, and there is a lot of hate in this town I, for I, the Dolan I, family, and I just, I don't get it. I would say spend more, too. I think if you ask me who would I want to work for, it would definitely be Dolan over the other two guys. Yeah. I think most people would say that. No, it's I'm, a stable organization. But that's a different question. I'm it's just talking st- about which, which ownership group gets more criticism. Dolan gets more criticism than they should, but in the end, he doesn't spend enough money, and that's a big deal. And he deserves a lot of criticism for that. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. He needs to spend more money. But he's not going to do that. But 
it is what it is. They're a low market team, and I think their their operation, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not saying they're scrapping to make payroll, but <laughs> this guy doesn't have an unlimited funds bank account that he can just reach into like the yeah. Dodgers and sell the, the team Yankees. if he can't afford it. Well, that's a different you issue. Know, I mean, well, that's a different and issue. And they're working on it. They, yeah, and, and that's it's, in the process. It's probably not going to be his eight yes, years from I, now. The, the, one, the thing you give Dolan credit for is that he has hired good people and he leaves them alone with as, lo- as long as the money's my, not involved is, to, do, to make those decisions, which is, which is, why, is important. Which is why the Cavs inadvertently are yeah. trending toward that because right. they have unlimited spending or close but, to but it. But essentially, without you the interference of that ownership. the Guardians have won in spite of him because they have such great people that, that make you the But those great people are there because of him. You've got to credit him. him for that. Those great people are there because of him. Yeah, he didn't yeah. luck into these hires. Okay, but but in if Dan Gilbert 2016 buys the Indians, they, Chris Antonetti's gone, Mike Chernoff is gone, and Terry Franco And where is are gone. they now? They are not so, dealing okay, with it. LeBron can't play baseball. If he if Dan Gilbert bought the Guardians today, everybody would be happy. As All long as as long as he said, I, I "I'm just here to be a paycheck," but I'm telling I'm you, I'm writing checks. Well, well, everybody else keeps doing just, what you're doing. He just said he's a paycheck writer for the Cavs now, so I'm sure if you don't now, Dan Dan today is not the Dan of six seven because years of the ago. stroke. Yes. Well, yeah. there we go. If he bought the team today, the Guardians, in my opinion, would now become a top flight team. The Sun. What about the Suns? There, are they messing around? No, they're not messing around. I, I, I actually really like Grant Gilbert is the one who's yeah. going to be the heir to the throne. We did a big story on him last year, he, but he's young. <laughs> he's like twenty. He's not trying to get involved with decisions. Ridiculous. I think Grant is going about it the right way. I yeah. think Grant is trying to learn the different departments, and he's trying. I mean, this is whether he wants it or not. This. If Dan was going to sell the team, he would have sold it when he took right. quick in public. That's true. When he sold off the casinos, like. Dan restructured a lot financially after the yeah. stroke, but he kept the Cavs. That tells me this is going to be in the Gilbert family for a right. long time. His son loves and, it, right? Listen, and Grant, and, and Grant and, worked hard to get that position with the Cavs. Well, Grant, I think, is going about it the right way because I've talked to a lot of people in that organization, yeah. talked about it, who all say he's not this bratty kid of a billionaire that you would think. Like good. He, he's a really good guy who's trying to learn the business and trying to learn the right way to do it. So I'm a, I actually think it's a really good thing. Yes, he's very, very young. Yeah. He's got a lot to learn. How but I think he? he's going about it the right way. He just graduated college in the last mm. two years. Two hey, McNuggets. He's really young. But I, he's going about it the right way. I want to ask – I don't really got no time in it. I want to ask him a question because he's here about the, this story with LeBron's son now being top ten. Does that change Yeah, did things? you see that yesterday? Yeah, I put that – I don't I, – I think – I like Javoni a lot, the Draft Express guy yeah. who did that. He's not top ten. He's he's improved his stock quite a bit this year. But he's not a top ten NBA. Pick. He's not. Top so 10. so so is there? Is it? Enough, but we're also still a year away. From is that. it enough of a move that he does say, "All right, well, I'm gonna enter my name in the draft." Well, I think he's coming regardless. Well, I mean, he doesn't. Well, he's got to go to college for one year. They, they haven't changed the rule they yet. Change the they rule haven't yet. changed. Okay, no. never yeah. mind. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's still got to go to college. For and I think after a year in college, he may be a top ten. And I he might because we're he's still not so far away from from that. But he's not very big. He's yeah. not as big as his dad. That's going to hurt him. I don't think he's going to grow anymore. And I still think Rich Paul is going to control this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's how powerful he is. Sure, if he can get Anthony Davis out of New Orleans and hand deliver him to the Lakers, he can dictate where Bronny goes. I heard – I was listening for a couple of minutes on – I was actually listening to Fox Sports Radio. I have no idea why. I never <laughs> listened to it. But I was flicking through the channels. There was nothing else on. And they had uh, Rick Buecher on yeah. with um, – what's her name? That used to be on – 
Colin Cowherd show. She has her own show now. Yeah, uh, Joy Joy Taylor. Taylor. Yeah, and she was being she was embarrassingly apologized. Like they haven't gotten LeBron what he needs. It which and and he was like, yeah, LeBron controlled the whole thing there. Oh, with Westbrook? Yeah, all of it. Yeah, if they did, if they haven't gotten him what he needs, she was that's, like, he that's was like, no, fault. you're wrong. LeBron put himself in. Mikey, go ahead. That's true. We got two things to take care of here before we bring in our guests. First, if you are not already a member of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, what are you waiting for? What are you doing for a buck ninety nine a month? You get loyalty badges, custom emojis, community member only posts. For four ninety nine a month, you get those same starter tier perks plus overtime videos, member shoutouts, discount codes for merch. Did you, you see get the text tweet? with Jason during basketball games? We had a survey we just put out that we need your help filling out to give us some feedback. Mikey, Plus. did you see that tweet from the guy today who said he joined? I did. We, we appreciate that. We By appreciate the way, that's, all our coaches tier members. That guy, is, the guy who is that Twitter account is is the guy I coach with for basketball, George. Oh, uh, awesome. <laughs> is it really? Awesome. Monday, yeah. Monday, March 6th, tentatively, I think, is the next time we're, I'm going to hang with the UCSS crowd and live tweet, live text you guys throughout the Cavs Celtics game. Okay. What a perk that and is. And that, that's a it's cool perk. Celtics. And this interview, by the way, with Corey Crawford, the fastest member of the Crawford family, <laughs> is brought to us by PCC Airfoils. Are you looking for a oh, job? Oh, that one hurt. Great benefits? <laughs> PCC Airfoils is the leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Airfoils in Eastlake, Menor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up, plus full benefit packages, paid time off, and a signing bonus. You can apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. By the What's way, up, Thomas, you don't want no smoke. <laughs> you don't want no oh. smoke. <laughs> you why don't you raise him? Oh. <laughs> I would have got my little brother. I would have got my little brother. What's up, bro? Every time I'm on set, Tyvis is dodging me. I Every know, Tyvis is running. Dodging this smoke. Jay, you I'm saying you're you. still faster than your son. Are you claiming this? You know, it to hear those words, yeah. cuts it really deep. cuts. Sophomore in high school, I think is when I passed it. Yeah, no, I remember it's on the baseball field. I'll never forget. It's on yeah, the baseball so, field yeah. in front of Every all the year, team. First day of the baseball right. season and the last day of the baseball season, we would run the bases. And he was always fast, always. Yeah. And uh, sophomore year, I was helping coach his, his high school team. And, you know, of course, the whole team's like, all right, this is the year. Corey's grown. He's bigger. Yeah. And he beat me by a step. Were you salty and about it? And it was the last time we've ever raced. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. oh, really? Was? Yeah. I'm oh. tired. Listen, how, how salty was he? He was, he was, he was upset. I mean, he was a fast guy. <laughs> how, how old were you at that point? You were in your young 40s. Well, you were 14, and I was. Yeah. So I was, I was 40. 40. I was 40. So I mean, to hang on. But I 40. was still, at 40. I could still pick he him could up scoot. and put him down. He could yeah. scoot. He was beating nine out of ten guys on my team. Yeah. I'll say and that. and the difference was, I knew I was going to lose. I didn't tell him that. But he had grown between his ninth grade year and his sophomore year. And it, when he was in ninth grade, you were probably the fastest kid in your school as a sophomore. Maybe, yeah. But I developed a little were, later. Yeah, you I got, did. Like, but as your sophomore year, yeah, I knew yeah. I was going to lose. So I knew but, I was destined to go to the track after that. I was always fast, but, you know. I, I did, too. I, I wasn't I, batting 350 or 400 or anything like that. His baseball coach I was said, stealing bags, keep him though. off the track, man, because if he goes out to track for track, he's it's done over. for baseball. I'd have been the best pinch runner ever. <laughs> um, uh, Big Ten championships are at the Spire Institute. They start tomorrow. Yep. Um, tell us a little bit about that and how you feel about your guys. Yeah, so Spire has been hosting Big Tens now for, God, I mean, I competed there. It was my first Big Ten championship, 2016. Uh, but they've been hosting uh, high-level 
uh, track and field swimming competition. Is that the best indoor track in the world? It's the largest indoor track, square footage-wise. It has a whole banquet hall behind it. Um, they've they've hosted weddings. They've done a whole bunch of great stuff. And obviously, I worked at Spire for a year, so I was right. a social guy. Did some social stuff, but trained uh, there as well. And you know, really good people up there. Really good people. But yeah, Big Ten championships are in. Uh, we start tomorrow. Your um, jump squad is is good. Yeah, but yeah. hurt. Right. Wait a second. You're, at, you're using terminology that I and most of our fans don't understand. What? Jump like squad? jump squad. Nobody knows what the hell that means. Well, so what does that mean? So my long jumper. Oh, just jumpers. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So, but, the, so the defending indoor and outdoor Big Ten champion yeah. for Rutgers is not going to be here at the indoor. Uh, just a little banged up injury. So he's red shirting, as you guys know, kind of yeah. get the year But back. your number two could easily win it too. But I got a kid, a, fr- a sophomore, who as a freshman was number one in the NCAA as a freshman. Um, he finished 10th at NCAA, and he's a favorite coming in to win. But right. underclassmen, you, you never, never know. know. Especially pressure, a right? A lot of pressure. He How does it work? Explain this to me. And for, for I don't have no clue, and for fans who probably have no clue, most of them out there. It, when it comes to the NCAA championship or the Big Ten championships, NCAA championships, is it like wrestling where, hey, one team might have one guy and one team might have eight guys? Or is it the whole team comes from a school? It's, I mean, you're allowed to travel 35, men okay. and women. So, um, so you know. But it's not plus. certain players, quali- certain no, play no, guys qualify. We, we pretty much, you know, like they have rankings of all the Big Ten events. Yeah. Uh, so it's a, web, a website called tfrs.com. And we don't, if you're not inside that top 20, we're just not going to travel you. Like, you I just not you. come with the team. Because okay. you don't have a chance to score. Because only top eight sets. place. And in track, at this point in the year, this late in the indoor season, you kind of yeah. know where you're at. You're not going to suddenly get faster. Right. You know, right, that sure. much faster over a week or two. So we just kind of leave them behind and start training for outdoor because outdoor comes right around the corner. Who's the favorites um, to win? Uh, you probably have Ohio State on the women's side. Minnesota won last year indoors. But Iowa's a heavy favorite on the men. Um, but, yeah, obviously women and men. But it's track and field. You can't sit there and score it because some of the, you know, 60-meter dash and, you know, 400-meter dash, I mean, 0.1, seconds separates eighth and Sometimes third. Sometimes a hundredth of a second. Or, like, sixteenth wow. and fifth. So, like, guys who are seated 15th coming in will sneak in and get a couple points. You know, right, get right. Eight, so this seven, isn't six. the NBA playoffs where you know the one seed is advancing to the two seed. Yeah, like, no. You, you can yeah, have more yeah, upsets than yeah. this. Now, in the sprints, like when you start like, you know, 200, 400, 800, you start going, you know, longer distances. Normally the favorite wins, you know, yeah. just on that day. Uh, field events, you get six attempts. Uh, anything could happen. Right, right. Uh, just because you're the favorite, you know, you've jumped 25 feet one time doesn't mean, right. you know, you got to do it on the day. There's just so. one score total for yeah, it so all there'll be up to one. Yep, yep. So you get yeah. ten points if uh, ten for first, eight for second, uh, six, five, four, right. three, two, one. Obviously, you, you've been, you know, to the, you know, almost to the Olympics, made the Olympic team multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you see overall USA track and field? Um, you know, there was a wild era where USA dominated with Carl Lewis and all those guys, but then the Jamaicans came out of nowhere for about ten years, thanks to Usain Bolt and. And Johan Blake and yeah. Safa Paul, those guys. Mm-hmm. Where, where do you think now with some of the younger dudes? Good track um, knowledge, by the that's way. That's a great yeah, question. Yeah, he blew me up. Good, good track that's, knowledge. That's well done. That's, yeah. Can you name the Olympic champion in 2021? Um, wasn't it a guy? It was in the 100 meter. It wasn't it a guy? It a country they've never won. The it Italian before. dude, right? They've Italian, never won Italian, it. Italian, yeah, and he's black. Marcel Jacobs. And he's, he's bald. Like, yeah. 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 yeah, he's he's. And then we got the two brothers. We have Fred Curley and Christian Coleman. And Trayvon Curley's an A&M dude. Yeah, Curley's an A&M. He just signed with ASIC. Huge deal. So, I mean, but back yes. on your question on where USA track and field is right now, 
Um, I think track, you know, back in the 80s, that was the glory day. You know, yeah. you got guys on the weedy boxes. You know, you got, um, Flojo. you know, oh, God, please don't show that. <laughs> <laughs> that was my freshman year after I, after I, I, Corey, I, I split my knee cap. Freshman year video from you, just oh, a heads up. Oh, man. This is, this is like 23 feet. Look how feet. little you that's, are. That's no good. That's no good. Yeah, that was, that was me coming off As of Corey my freshman year. As Corey would say, that's buns. Yeah, no, 23-4. And, and my PR is 27-3, so you're wrong on that. So I saw Yeah, I know. I saw that. You, you must have grabbed some old stuff that I posted. <laughs> this was from your YouTube page. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I posted yeah. that stuff. And, he's, and YouTube he's got like, some stuff, yeah. He surpassed he's got some all cool of those. Because I saw when you had his, his personal bests up there. Um, he did those <laughs> at, in 21. Well, those are yeah, from Rutgers. Yeah, the yeah, personal yeah, best. Yeah, yeah. yeah but he, he exceeded all that yeah. stuff at the Olympics. You actually, I have a question for Corey. Will you pull up his records real quick? So, Corey, what is your record now? On the long jump, twenty-seven three, so eight point two nine meters. Everything's metric. We're the only people so that use twenty-seven point three. So these are from Rutgers. You then, yeah. Indoor is still twenty-six eleven. Outdoor still faster than Dad. You suck, yeah. McNuggets. <laughs> <laughs> well, Corey, my, my question is: if twenty-seven three is your your career record? Yeah. Do you ever just think about jumping further? You ever just think about going like twenty-seven four, twenty-seven? Oh, I wish, man. I wish. I mean, you know, you What's teach the a lot. Record twenty-nine four by Mike Powell. Yeah. Now and it Carl should be Lewis. pointed out that there was <laughs> there was a lot of stuff going on during that oh. it the the one and two happened in the same meet. Yeah. It was well, Powell it, and Lewis and, and there's strong suspicion. I mean Bob Beeman had the Olympic it was fueled record by and, outside chemicals. No, there were some weights in the fish when, that day. When, when <laughs> yeah. Powell broke the record, they told him what it was. He they told him how and he looked around like no, I ain't never jumped that far. They would, they just went. Carl Lewis was, was, he was beside himself. He was just like, well, oh, yeah. Didn't well, Lewis set the record and then later yeah. in that meet, Powell broke yep. it? I, I actually had the chance to speak with Mike Powell at a meet uh, like three, four years ago. This is in Southern California. And, you know, here's my, one of my idols, you know, but this guy was always second fiddle to Carl. I mean, he may yeah. have beaten Carl two times his whole career. Mm-hmm. Like Carl won, he went, Carl went eight years of not losing a long jump competition. That's insane. That's Olympics, international, everywhere. It is, but nuts. this guy Powell, he just hit one. You know, you get, you have, you have six jumps. He caught one. Uh, Bob Beeman was a similar guy. He still got the Olympic record. He jumped twenty nine two in Mexico City. That's that was crazy. at altitude. He never jumped twenty eight feet before that. He yeah, went from so twenty seven feet. PR by over a foot. PR wow. by over a foot, and that's still, in my eyes, one of the greatest Olympic uh, just moments in sport because it still stands today. And uh, no one had ever seen a twenty eight foot jump, let alone a twenty nine foot jump. Now, so you, you think about it like this. Now during that time. To Jay's point, you had Flojo, <laughs> and mm. she ran a ten. Oh, she was. She ran a ten. Now, hey, we can't say people allegedly, yeah. but I'm just saying you got a t- that ten four. Come yeah, on. I don't even think you have to say allegedly because ten, she four? tested yeah. positive. She tested so we positive, she, enlarged heart. Yeah. yeah, I mean ten four. You still yeah. got to do it. It's like baseball. I mean, I, I, I like a lot of like as having trained for Olympic trials and having trained at a high level, and like I was around. I was trained at the Olympic Training Center, so. There weren't talks of steroids, but man, were there guides that man, you know, if you take this, you're gonna get to that next level, you know? Because yeah. at the top, like at the one percent, you're looking for that one percent increase. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I've ever- in my eyes, when people do cheat in that, and I mean, I just lose a lot of respect. We at USATF, Justin Gatlin and Tyson Gay, two-time double dopers, yeah. we put them on the pedestal yeah, of Justin USATF. Gatlin. They speak yeah. at our conferences. I'm not a real believer of that. I still like, you know. Like a lot of my training partners and Olympians and Olympic medalists, we just kind of turn, we just, we just turn the other way. Like if you've been caught and you've been cheated, like hardcore, and you serve suspension, two, three year suspension, it should be lifetime. It should be lifetime. How cool? I've never it's, asked It's you such this. a performance enhancing, you know what I mean? It In is. baseball, you have to do it. Barry Bonds still a great hitter, but, but you got to do it and then track when you're getting, an, you know, it's like putting in diesel fuel and everyone's putting in regular. 
when you, I've never asked you this. Um, we've had talks about this. You've lost medals, prestigious championships, to guys who we later found out were using. Mm -hmm. um, I always, from the time you were old enough to have professional ambitions in any sport, I always spoke to you about the dangers of steroids and how if you got to cheat to win, you're not winning. You're cheating yeah. yourself and you're losing. But I've never asked you how close did you actually come to – I'm sure you had to have considered it. But did how you, close did you ever come? Oh, I, I never – Did you have the needle? You cheated. Hey, right you, you did. You well, said have the needle on your left cheek. Oh, man. man. If I was playing baseball in the hey. steroid era, I'd be jacked up on steroids. I, hey, if everybody I mean, else is doing it, I'd there do were, it. There were talks. You know, throwers, um, you know, where we trained in Chula Vista, California, is about five miles from Tijuana, Mexico. So mm -hmm. you talk about any steroid you want, bam, yeah. like that. It's not even a problem. So, but I never, ever thought of it one time. I never, ne it never crossed my brain. Why? And, um, I don't know. I always wanted to see. Now, I didn't have Olympic aspirations, really. I got into track when I was a junior in high school. So I didn't really think I was going to be this, you know, collegiate um, guy who to, to push an NCAA champion and then go to Olympic trials. So maybe if you're at a younger age, you know, you think about that. But. I never once gave it thought process. I always just wanted to see how far my body could go. I know this sport as a coach now, everyone's given a different set of tools. Mm -hmm. It's a very God-given sport. It is. It's you're either fast or you're not. I can coach speed. I can't instill it. You right. know, you're either fast or you're not. Um, so I just wanted to get the most out of what I was given. And I know that I wasn't given nearly some of the gifts my competitors were with some height and some ability, but I got the Do most out of it. Do you feel that you did get everything out of your... Oh, no, I have I have regrets. I think every elite athlete would say, mm, yeah, maybe deep yep. down. Really? Deep, because deep, deep I, down. I, as a yeah. parent who yeah. watched you and studied the sport because you were in it, I think you got more out of it than... I was very Carl lucky. Carl Lewis told me one lucky. day that you could jump 27 feet. Yeah, yeah, I did he told right me in that. front of him. I did when he was there. Which I know you did, cool, but but he doing. told me he goes, he, yeah. he's a twenty-seven foot jumper. Yeah, but he never said he's a twenty-seven and a half foot jumper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, you know, when you look at um, you know our sport and what is at the tip, tip, top, there's not much that separates you know a lot of guys who. And now I lost, mind you, to Olympic trials. I got, I was fourth coming in. Um, I took eighth in the meet, but the top three guys I lost to were one, three, and five in the world. Mm -hmm. So I'm losing to some of the, you know, not just the best in the country, but, and I think that's, you know, where you said, where's USA track and field? We've never been at a better place success-wise. We scored the most medals at world championships in Oregon than we've ever scored in any world championships ever. Mm -hmm. So as far as dominance, never been better. It's tough to make but, a U.S. Olympic team. But as much as, yeah, like athlete support, like USATF, um, you know, their foundation doesn't do much support for the athletes. It's shoe companies. It's Adidas, what? it's Nike, it's Asics, it's... Uh, um, yeah, the actual foundation. Cool. Now, they fundraise and stuff, but there's no, like, monthly, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no, like... Five They're not supporting you. Are no. there any Although you, 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 you were essentially living at the Olympic training center. I had they, they as much yeah. support as you can get. Yeah, right. I had room and board and food and trainers and coaches and travel and all that. I was very lucky. Now, I was the .01% coming out of college. I was NCAA right. runner-up, four-time All-American. So there's so many kids in the NCAA, 21, 22 years old, in the prime of their life, and they're done. Yeah. over. Are there some events that we America sucks in, like – like shot put javelin, or some of these other. We struggle in the throws, uh, yeah. javelin, discus. Um, yeah. Because our more big Eastern guys go European. play football. Yeah, we right, lose right. a lot to baseball and football too. So right, like just right, the yeah. rocket arms. Um, we do a little bit. And it's very technical. High jump is one we lose. It's extremely technical. Yeah. So they, they teach it right over there. It's called athletics, not track and field. It's hmm. athletics. Hmm. And they teach it from a young age. So I, they're. 
I want to go back to the doping because that fascinates me. I said I, w- I would have juiced. I know I would have because they weren't <laughs> testing for it. And there yeah. was no, yeah. if you dope in track and field, you're going to get caught, right? Like, yeah. why would you do, you can like, cycle it, it. I could see in mm-hmm. baseball why they did it because they were getting away with it mm-hmm. and there was no testing for it. You're going to get caught if yeah. you do it. There's basically two avenues. There's WADA, which is World Anti-Doping Agency, and they'll, um, if you're an extremely high athlete, medalist or something like that, they could randomly test you, but it's normally done at competition testing. And then there's USADA, which is United States Anti-Doping Agency, which is the best in the world. You know, no other countries do this. You have to fill whereabouts. There's been a lot of athletes, if you've read, they failed uh, whereabouts. Yeah. You know, they didn't fail a drug test. But I had to do whereabouts for about two years in every single place you go. If I, for instance, didn't have this on my schedule on Monday, I'd have to fill in my whereabouts. Hey, I'm going to be here at 11 to 1 at UCSS. Because they could pull up at my apartment to drug test me. If I'm not there, it's, if you miss three, it's a fail. Wow. So wow, if you miss yeah. three. So Christian and, Coleman. And they do that because guys do dodge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Christian Coleman's a name you didn't hear about because he didn't run at the Olympics. I mean, this yeah. guy's a fat, one of the fast guys in the world. He would have been a you know, big favorite. That's he didn't. Crazy. He didn't I, run. I didn't even notice because his whereabouts. I yeah. didn't even notice. See, well, how many guys you got? Or how, do you coach the men and the women? Yeah, men and women. How many? So how many athletes do you have? Like here? Twenty in my. Or in in my group, twenty. We have about just 60. in your group. In yeah, the we, have, we have about sixty-five here total. Okay. Yeah. And and of your twenty, how many? I don't know if you want to answer. I don't. Uh, well, but I don't want to be the. Hey, I'll be but, honest. But how many? How many? Have <laughs> I'm a very shot, straightforward. How many have a shot to finish first? Oh, two. Okay. I mean, it's a big 10. You know, these you are this is a great female well, pole vaulter. Yeah, our vaulter won, our female vaulter won outdoor. So she's the heavy favorite coming in for indoor. Okay. And a lot of the seniors are gone. Uh, since you're jumping in a, uh, against a great veteran from Iowa, though, a six-year veteran from yeah. Iowa. Is she going to be an Olympian? Uh, Chloe Timber. Shout out, Chloe. Um, I bet she potentially. is. Yeah, she's only a sophomore. And oh, as wow. a freshman, she was... Um, 12th in the NCAA, but as far as the world goes, like U20, they give a U20 ranking. She was right. like sixth mm. U20 in the world. Oh, wow. So yeah, she's so got a lot of potential. Where is she from? Um, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Does everything I say from the weight room and then some. You know, we'll offer yeah. to throw in some lifts here and there. So she's my best communicators are my best athletes. I'll say that. But Do you recruit all over the country? Yeah. Huh? World. Cool. Ray Ventrell, your fellow, uh, your fellow flight that's football right. coach. That's right. Who would have thought we'd both be coaching, you know, yeah, all these that's years great. later. Like, that's Corey, you said you're part of the Rutgers recruiting, like, contingent. Is that just for jumpers or is that for everybody that comes to the track program? No, I like, I'll, like, recruit, yeah, jumpers, multis. Um, if I see a sprinter, you know, I've, I talked to a kid in Ohio who was So really how'd you good. let a Ting Mo leave um, New Jersey, man? <laughs> well, I wasn't on staff then, I think. Okay, that's uh, your only excuse. Well, her and Sydney McLaughlin did not come on campus. Now, they're both obviously Shout Olympic gold medalists, world record holders. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so. Shout out to but, Sydney. Yeah, there's so much little talent up in, the, in, in Jersey. All the coaches in the Big the Ten time. knew when we got in, they said, okay, like, and we, this is a newer staff. This is a three-year staff. So mm-hmm. we're – um, you know, this is just my second year. So it takes a little while to get those recruits in and to get the transfer portal is a whole nother game. I mean, that's wild. Is that affecting but the track well? Absolutely. 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 It is. <laughs> he has guys yep. reach out yep. to him. All- Let me ask you this. Yep. You currently have the records, the long jump records, indoor and outdoor at Rutgers. Yeah. Are you hopeful that those go down? And if so, what will it feel like for you to coach? Because you have kids now that – Although they're not in your where you were, yeah. I mean, you know, it wouldn't be outside the realm of reasonability that if sincere continues to grow, maybe as a senior, yeah. he might break your no. outdoor. Probably oh, not your my, indoor. My outdoor's gone. It's only twenty six even. That's not anything crazy. The indoor twenty seven feet indoor is going to be tough to get. But I do hope that one day they get it. 
I always say like, and this is what we say come championship time. You know, and this is what I was told. This is the, you know, we got Big Ten championships and then NCAA championships. And this is what you're going to be remembered by. Records are meant to be broken, literally. I mean, and figuratively, they always get broken. There will always be some kid coming in, jumping far, running fast. But no one will ever take away the Big Ten championship. No one will ever take away an NCAA championship. Right. Those are things that last forever. So records are, you know, they're just on the whiteboard temp. You know, it's, it's going to get wiped down. Sincere will break my outdoor or Anon. Anon did twice, but it was windy for all you non-track people if it's – too windy, it doesn't count for, yeah. for records. And, and, and well, you had a couple qualifying. of big ones, too, though, that because of wind. Yeah, did not did not. And count. how, how so frustrating is that? So if it's over a 2.0? 2.0 meters per second, which is roughly about 5-mile-per-hour wind. Are they measuring that while you're jumping? As yeah. soon as you begin your approach and you get wow. down the runway, someone presses the button. Five doesn't seem that ten seconds. Do you it's ever know not, that? Man. Do you know it as yeah. you're jumping? No, we'll wait, and we'll put our hands out, and uh, we'll feel the wind. And if it's too – like, it, it's – the NCAA rules are a little bit different. Like, it's got to be under 4-0 for you to qualify for, like, meets and stuff. But for record setting, Olympic trials, USA championships, like, world standards, which you have to hit, it's got to be under 2-0, well, so which I is got, stupid. You, you <laughs> talk about these, these, uh, these records. So I got to ask you, which one of these records is most likely to be broken? The 100-meter, 958. Mm. How do you know all this? He knows track. I can tell he knows his track. Uh, the 200, 19-1-9. No, 1990. 1990. Yes. Yes. Johnson, Michael Johnson. No, and this, Usain, isn't it? Usain. It's Usain Bolt. Oh, yeah, that's right. And Noah Lyles just beat Michael Johnson, American record. Yes, he so has. Watch out for Noah. Noah. And his brother's pretty fast, too. Oh, yeah, Josephus. <laughs> yeah, Joe, he's rolling. Now, listen. This I'm is as shocked by this as I am the man. This makeup. is the yeah. craziest. He did his homework. He did the his homework. 4303. Yeah, by, by Wade Van Eerkert. Yeah. yeah, that Who was. Who is you this know, man? You know Wade Van Eerkert towards ACL in a celebrity yeah. rugby game. Yeah, you never ran again. Yeah, but what, isn't what there a, a lot shame. of question as to whether or not he yeah, was clean? South yeah. Africa was doing I mean, you, some crazy I, things in Something that 16. Jason said earlier about you're going to get caught. That's not true anymore. Here's why. Oh, then I'll do it there, too. With the old stuff, <laughs> you might be running a 1919-200. Look at me. With the old stuff, you, you were using Damn, testosterone or you were using all of the, the standards. But now with synthetic drugs, if you guys remember with Balco and Bonds, the linchpin to all of that was a track coach. Yeah. Sent a vial of HGH that was designed in a test tube in Balco to USADA and said, by the way, here's the needle that you don't know you're looking for in the haystack. Wow. Because if you don't know the chemical compound elements of it, you can't find what you're not looking for. So all of these athletes, particularly track and field, Balco mostly got started in track and field. It spread to baseball because it was undetectable. Yeah. But I didn't know that. Yeah, no, that's probably new stuff now, right? So there's always new stuff. It's a cat and mouse game. But even now, he's competed against athletes that got popped after the fact so they take an a and a b sample and they save them he's got samples that are on file is b samples if he would later when they find a new element they go back and they test some of those world record b samples oh someday the kid from south africa that broke that record you're going to probably hear a story oh he was under the influence at the time do do you do you believe any of those three because the 4303 because usually when you're running the 400 he had sprint background, so, it, mm. so he he had he had a kick, but I ain't never heard a kick. Every elite four guy has to have a sprint background, like sub ten in the hundred, sub 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 twenty. Now we're, you know when we're talking forty three, 
Oh, Michael Norman is the guy who could push that, who was our gold medalist at World Championships. He actually mm -hmm. ran track with Maddie at USC. Mm -hmm. He just announced he's going to be running the 100. Everyone knows where the money's at. It's at yeah, the 100. 100 yeah. It's at the 100. Fred Curley, he was another guy from Texas A&M uh, who was just, a, he won the Heisman of track, you know, basically in college. He was a four guy. He stepped down to the one. He got silver medal at the Olympics. Just signed a huge Which deal is with AC. Yeah, but he's getting paid. No one watches a four. It's yeah. not the glamour event. It's not. Even the 400 hurdles, not the glamour event. You what know, do you think Sydney's of the that, slam dunk winner? Oh, Mac McClung. I followed that kid since he was. I, I, I feel like I've known that kid. These guys he's been in my social media see, he got a living deal? room forever. He, he, got a, he got a Puma deal. Now, he got drafted. He didn't get drafted by the Sixers. He, he, he wasn't even on the Sixers. No, no, no. I didn't even know he was in the league. Yeah, they he wasn't even in the league. Him. I think they signed him as a gimmick so he could get into the no, he, dunk, didn't they? He I was, was playing. watching Bowler's Life with this guy since he was like he, in the 10th He grade. was playing out at Georgetown, though. Yeah, he, His last year, he was actually legit scoring a lot of points, making a lot of plays. I'm yeah. like, wow, this guy's actually gotten good. I didn't no know wonder Georgetown was a They got white players now. Oh, Tech, that's right. He went to Tech. Then he went to Texas Tech. He was at Georgetown, though, right? He went from Georgetown to Tech. He originally committed to Rutgers. I don't know if you guys know that. Did no, he really? The first story I did on Mac was when he committed to Rutgers, Damn. and that was before he blew wow. up, blew mm. up. And then all these offers they started had coming two in. Sick white kids Rutgers jumpers. got their first five-star ever in basketball. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a stud. He's a stud, yeah. Coach Peichel, uh, uh Steve Peichel is probably the best coach at Rutgers. I was giving a, a girl um, a visit from Rhode Island, and I was just walking around campus, and I was by kind of like the basketball area. And he was just walking around, and they had just had a big win or something on the road. I think they just beat number one Purdue or something. They had just real big win, and they had some cameras following him around. Mm -hmm. And he took three minutes, five minutes to stop, introduce himself to my recruits' parents. And now this is a basketball coach, mm -hmm. you know, this is track and field. And he asked, you know, where they're from, you know, if they're enjoying their Please time. Please tell me you got that and, recruit. Uh, yes, she did sign. <laughs> she did sign. This was earlier in the fall. But, or, no, this was actually not too long ago. But he's done that on a number of occasions where he's stopped and – and just uh, he 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 really is a good coach. But Rutgers basketball is 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 a trend in Last did year you, they're fourth in the Big Ten. I'm did you bring you, swag for the guys? Because I that's did. All I got a lot of swag. I got a lot of swag. I got some. Right. I got a hat. I got I got a whole bunch of. Are like, you done stuff. jumping? I don't know. You know, people have asked me about Paris and 24, and I don't know. Like this this uh, I've only been coaching for a year and a half. Some of my athletes I'll drill and you know like like because sometimes you know I'll explain something and they're like, can you just do it? Like, can you just do it? Because I'm a visual learner, so then I'll just drill and do it. And they're like, damn, damn, coach, you know, you need to, like, come back. So, I mean, there's – I wish there was more on the other side for me. I've done everything to Olympic trials. Like, I, you know, I've done – like, I was Olympic trials finalist. I've done, you know, a lot. Obviously, making the Olympic team would be um, just a feather in the cap. But, you know, unfortunately, there's not a lot of, like, monetary value to come back. You know, I'd right. have to it's, – and it's a lot of training. You know, this yeah. it's a lot. It's kind of like a boxer. You know, you train, you train, you train, you train, you train, then you get the opportunity. One so day. it's a lot of, yeah, I'm all in, like, chips. And I'm not going to go half in, half out. I'm either training 100%. But I have the, I have the resources. I have the facilities. I have a girlfriend who's 26, 27 years old who's – uh, going to be going to her second Olympic trial. So she's, you know, I'm training with her a little bit here and there. So I don't know. Who knows? We'll but see. We'll have to see. All right. But Thanks man. for coming in, kid. Hey, Absolutely. by the way, we got a we <laughs> long-time listener. Yeah, long-time long listener. He, he listens long, every day. First hey, time caller. AWL. <laughs> AWL. Yeah, first time, long time. First yeah. time, long time. No, he listens. He, listen, he does. He, I watch. I watch talk, every day. When we talk in the evenings. He's like, man, great show today. I watch and every and day. He, and he quotes lines yep. from the beginning and the end. Yep. We got to. We got to get you. It. We got to get you some. 
I got an Oprah's favorite thing coming up, so I got all these dudes swag. I got to get your size so we get you a barbershop represent out there. I didn't even know you had your own logo till today. Oh, yeah. I mean, I kind of knew, but, I, but, but once I saw it on the hat, I'm yeah, like, it's yeah, over. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, legit. it's big time. It's, no, yeah, it's, it's legit. Online. It's online. Good luck at Big Ten Championships. Thank you. All right, Thanks for good. having me, guys. Good job. Absolutely. Hey, Great Charles story. Oakley tomorrow, by the way. Charles Oakley. Charles Oakley. Oh, yeah. yeah, the big see, fella. We'll see you on overtime. Yeah, um, he's not in studio, right? He's calling. No, he's in. remote, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, good. We can offend but. him, and he won't beat us up. Don't put hands <laughs> no. on me. All right, we'll great. see you all tomorrow. Overtime. Yep. Good overtime one. is next. Um, yes, here's the tease to overtime: when toupees go bad, and I haven't seen this, it's not but even I'm told it's the worst rug ever. Rug. Hey, what happened to that? What happened?